Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our June Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. By the way, our July's edition will be live this weekend. June's theme is Happy Graduation, Dream, Achieve, Become, and a Father's Day Special Tribute. July's theme is A Summer of Smile and Happiness, Our Blessed Moments. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Kalyani Sandari, Brazilian-born Kalyani, also known as Jane Villa Gere, is a spiritually inspired visionary, modern mystic, producer, artist, focalizer of Sacred Circles, and founder of Stargate Alliance Films and Media. Her divine mission is to inspire humanity by offering alternative visions, information, and empowering tools for self and global soul transformation. Upon discovering her divine singing voice, Kalyani uses her musical gift to connect people to the content and soul of what represents humanity at its best. Her musical style elegantly blends exotic world music and with complex transcendent qualities. Emotives and alluring, her vocal summons operatic and Gregorian style, while her music uniquely delves into dramatic contemporary orchestration profoundly rich in structure. Kalyani's debut single and music video in 2014, Namus Invocation, brings forth the energetic landscape of wordless intonation to heighten vibration. It seamlessly weaves vision of sensuality into primordial context. A powerful second release, Tears of Inanna, in 2018, is a beautiful manifestation of the role of the sacred feminine throughout history. Kalyani's latest and timely soulful release, the One Earth music video, celebrates the earth, inspiring hope and embracing the beauty of human connection. With nature as a backdrop, the One Earth video features her voice expressing the message of humanity's oneness with the earth. Opening with a captivating view of Earth from space, reminding us that we are all part of the same planet race. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Kalyani and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and how we can connect with our Earth through a new, fresh perspective from her latest music video, One Earth. Good morning, Kalyani. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good morning, Johnny. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you with me this morning. 
the last time you were a guest on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio was in February of 2018, and we talked about the release of your second music video, Tears of Inanna. Today, I am extremely excited to learn about your latest release, One Earth, and your mission and vision for the future with Stargate Alliance. So let us talk and get started with getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Mm-hmm. That's going to be just <laughs> yeah, a snippet, right? <laughs> oh, we have the whole well, hour now. You can start with, you know, it all began. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, it all began um, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. There you go. When, um, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, growing up in Brazil was... I grew up very freely, you know, because there was not a lot of structure. I went, I was in, you know, a lower middle class um, family and went to public school for four hours a day. And there were a lot of children in the neighborhood. I played a lot on the streets and there was a lot of, um, you know, just hopping on trees and uh, hopscotch and (laughs) rollerblading, bike riding and um, and I always liked to um, be on top of trees. It was my thing to be mm-hmm. up on top somewhere, <laughs> seeing everything <laughs> from above. Um, yeah, and Brazil is a very spiritual country, and um, I had um, a lot of experiences there with, you know, just witnessing uh, trans-channeling. Even in my family, there was a, a very powerful medium, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, one of the things that I realized early on was that was the uh, soul awareness growing in me, understanding that there is much more to it, you know, than what the eyes can see, right? So mm-hmm. growing up, I just, um, you know, absorbed all of that, and I, I became very um, spiritually curious, I guess you could say, uh, to a very intense degree you know and my sister I had a sister she was going through similar experiences as I did but there was a a more intense curiosity in my being than about the architecture of the universe and what lies beyond our you know five senses so I did a lot of exploration but when I was about eight and a half or nine years old um um, I don't want to skip, but I had a a phase in um, very early on, I think around seven, where I was molested um, a couple of times, um, and it, it became um, a traumatic thing. And my mother, of course, it is traumatic, you know. Um, my mother mm-hmm. took me to the doctors and therapists, and I couldn't speak. And um, I, I was... Um, you know, I felt ashamed, and I internalized the trauma, you know, and um, that phase went on for a good year or so, and um, around, like I said, eight and a half or nine, I had what some, you know, um, gurus have explained to me was a samadhi experience. Um, I don't know, for many, many years, I actually... Uh, repress that memory, but I, mm-hmm. uh, what I, an easy way to understand, I felt like I 
I had an out-of-body experience, like an astral projection would be a better way to understand it. But I I came home from school, and I was a very active child. I was very happy. I always liked to make people laugh, and I was super, super active. And um, But after this episode, I became very... Um, a lot of a lot more you know um self aware and kind of mm-hmm. quiet quieted me this day I arrived from school and I just felt guided to go to my bedroom and I had a bunk bed and I laid on my bunk bed and um I lay there and I looked up into the ceiling and and all of a sudden I could see through the ceiling I could see the cosmos the universe and I felt. My, I, I felt I could see the earth. I started to see myself there and looking down over the earth. And this experience was profound because I, I was moving slowly farther away from the planet. And there was this revolving question, uh, what was there before, before all of this, before what I'm seeing, before right now, Right. And Mm -hmm. I could see the earth become very rich and lush, a lot more lush, a lot more green. And then my, uh, you know, the the vision was becoming wider and wider, and I was higher and higher. And I could see at some point the whole solar system, right? And I'm like eight and a half or nine. I don't even think... (laughs) I don't remember ever being shown a picture of the solar system or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could see, I could see all the planets in surrounding our sun. And the question kept um, revolving in the recess of my little mind going like, what, sh- bo- bo- show me more, show me before, show me before. And the planets started to pop. And I call it popping because they were just um, disappearing mm-hmm. one by one. And at the same time, I'm moving, I, I would say backwards, right? Not backwards, but I'm moving farther away from mm-hmm. the solar system and slowly seeing the planets disappear. And the question is just ongoing. Show me, okay, okay, and before, and before. Very interesting. Everything started to disappear. I could see galaxies, you know, these clusters of stars in in many different directions. And the clusters of stars started to disappear. The galaxies disappeared, which is another concept I wasn't sure I ever had at that age. But when 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 the memory came back to me, I, I remember seeing all of that and not quite understanding, but fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. And everything started to pop. And I found myself in what today we understand as the void, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just I was just there um, alone in that darkness with, without anything. And I said, because my mother, here's another important point. My mother, one of the first memories I have is my mother teaching me to pray. And I was still in the crib. And she was actually, my sister was two and a half years older. So she would go every night, put me in the crib, kiss me goodnight, and then would go to my sister and teach her the sign of the cross and start praying with her. Because she was, you know, I think she was maybe four, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I was one and a half. I'm not sure exactly. But my mother remembers this, you know. She she Mm -hmm. remembers this and told me to. And I felt left out of something so 
special, this special bond she had with my sister. I wasn't able to understand that the reason why she didn't do that to me is because my sister was um, uh, older and she, she, she could yeah. speak. I didn't, but a child, <laughs> a baby, you know, a toddler doesn't have this. Oh, it's because she's older. They, we don't feel there's any difference, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. mental space, in right. that developmental stage. There is no difference. So I felt really hurt, you know, and one of the nights I just started to cry as she's teaching my sister. And, and, and she comes to me and I just grab her hand and I smear it on my face, basically, you know. I just yeah. hold her fingers because I want her. So she giggled and she said, oh, okay. So she she held my hand and she helped me uh, learn how to do that. And so I, I prayed a lot and I you know, it was like um, a regular thing. It was like a routine that my mother had with us every night until we became mm-hmm. preteens or teenagers. You know, she mm-hmm. sat by our bedside and she did several prayers because my mother grew up in Portugal and mm-hmm. and she grew up, um, my grandfather was a nobleman, actually. And so the clergy and the nobility were very close, even though Republic had already established itself, politically speaking, in Portugal. Right. There was that remaining respect for nobility. And the, the church was very close. So there was a, a, a big church next to my mother's house, and it was a solarium home. It was this massive, beautiful I went there for the first time, actually, in 2021. It was beautiful to see where she was born. I don't know what took me forever to go, but, you know, so she used to tiptoe into the chapel or the church mm-hmm. and pick up baby Jesus and bring it to the to her bed. It was like her dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she used to play with yeah. So she has this deep connection. She used to confess almost daily, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when she uh, came to Brazil, she was about 12, and then she got married at 18, and, and and then I was born when she was about 22. At that time, she read a book on the Holy Inquisition, and she was horrified by what the institution uh, of what is, you know, every religion is organized, institutionalized spirituality, right? right? right. Right. And what the power of that has created such devastation in the world. And she was so horrified. She said, I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's not for mm-hmm. me. But she believed in the power of prayer and she was deeply connected to Mother Mary and baby Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in this environment and I prayed a lot. And, um, and um, when this, experience happened that I was out in the cosmos and I found myself alone. I thought to myself, this must be where God lives, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this must be where God is or God lives. As a child, as a, as a young girl, I that's what came to me. But I was alone. So I was just looking around and I felt a sense of peace. I wasn't afraid. I felt really good, but I wanted to know more, of course, the revolving question. <laughs> and I said, um, can you show me what was before God, if anything? And because in my innocence, I didn't have any imprints or fear. Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. flowing with 
the natural curiosity, you know, my spiritual curiosity. I wanted to know if there was anything else before God. If there was anything, I would like to know what that is. <laughs> Um, so in that moment, I was brought back to my body at fast speed. It was like crashing speed, mm-hmm. I called. And I, I just, you know, it was like I could almost feel the impact, and I set up straight as if like waking up from a bad dream, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my heart was pounding. I, it was almost like I was taken out of it in a snap, you know? And when I opened my eyes, I couldn't remember who I was. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember. I had a family, my mother, my grandmother, my sister, nothing. I could not mm-hmm. remember anything. I didn't know the name for anything. I didn't know where I was, what that was. It was just a complete erasure of my identity. So, you know, in spiritual terms, they call that loss of identity, a mm-hmm. spiritual awakening of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. So I got down from, I don't know how long I was there, to be honest, uh, terrified, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, this is, experiences are very enlightening and mm-hmm. you feel the oneness with the world. No, it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and I don't know if people who have experienced that before, like some gurus have explained they've had that. Mm-hmm. As a ch- as a child, actually, there's one of them. I don't know if it's Babaji. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. one guru that had a similar experience at the same age, but they don't explain uh, much more. And what what I felt actually was, was terrifying. I don't know if it's because I was so young uh, to find yourself in a place that you don't have any connection to. Right. Um, it's terrifying and you don't know where you belong. If you belong, what is that? And you feel lost, you know? So I ran Mm -hmm. out of the door at one point and I started running in the street. I just ran for maybe a block or two. And uh, I started to regain my memory. And um, uh, upon remembering my name and my mom and my family, I felt a deep sense of relief. Like, it was like a bomb of grace. And, you know, when I questioned myself later in life saying, why did I have that experience? Why, what did that mean? To me, it meant that when you take God out of the equation before God, because my question was, show me before God, what exists without God, without spirit, um, mm-hmm. source, a sense of of a greater good, um, a, a, a much more expanded intelligence that's loving and that organizes the universe in some mm-hmm. way, right? Yes, it could yes. be just consciousness, as the Indians explain. It's a level right. of existing where maybe there's not just one God, maybe there's a consciousness and and right. and an organizing uh, awareness that you know. So I feel that the response was by bringing me back and erasing all my sense of belonging, connecting, and love because I felt empty. I knew that I couldn't remember anything, but I knew that I wanted to remember. I, I desperately ran through the streets and my heart was pounding, and I thought I had lost my mind. 
And that's why I repressed that memory because I said, if I tell anybody, they're going to think I'm crazy. So I repressed <laughs> and I wanted to forget because it was so terrifying and I never right. wanted it to happen again. So um, the idea that without God, you know, or however you, however you want to refer mm-hmm. to the spirit, there is no sense of belonging, no connection, and there is no sense of love, you know, mm-hmm. that relating the relationships are filled with spirit. Uh, our relationships, mm-hmm. how we relate to one another, the love and caring and belonging, the sense of belonging, all of that is is coming from God. It's, it's possible because of uh, consciousness and source, right? Right, right. So, Interesting. Yeah, so that's something that... Uh, I was afraid to touch for a long time because in my <laughs> memory box, I yeah. was still a child. So when right. I thought of it, it made me very nervous. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. How, that, how did that spiritual experience lead you to another spiritual experience where you started to go with the name Kalyani? Oh, that was way, way later. That was mm-hmm. just before I was about to release Memo's Invocation. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think I think that it, it, there was so much that came before that, which was the second epiphany, as you called it before, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I had. It was like 30 years later when my marriage was falling apart. And I had Kuan Yin come uh, into my universe, you know, my life. And Mm -hmm. I had not known who she was. Like, you know, in the article I wrote for your magazine, I talk about how through my teen years, I became really, um, um, I became like um, an explorer, a seeker. And I I explored many different um, avenues of uh, practices and spirituality, yoga. Um, and I explored different philosophies like Cardices, you know, Christian rationalism, even Baptist church. And I, I studied a lot of the um, practices and, and um, philosophies of Cardicism, uh, which is very beautiful. I really recommend it. Anybody who wants to understand um, karmic laws and life after death and all of that, the the writings of Alain Kardec. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I was learning about healing um, and hands-on healing. I practiced hands-on healing as a teenager as well. Uh, I just loved everything that was not from this world. <laughs> Pretty much. I wanted to know everything about not being here. It's so funny. But well, being there's here something very, very special. Okay? There's something very special about you. You sense that as a child. And as you grow, uh, what I coin, and I always tell people this, life is a buffet line. So you got the flavor, everything they have to offer. Now, if you like it, go back for seconds. <laughs> but That's right. That's you have right. to go flavor it so that you have a situation in your life that you can make informed decisions, for lack of a better term, right? And that's the, 
concept. Mm-hmm. And you have this beautiful journey that you went through, even as a young child, the experience of like, wow, this is kind of weird in some ways. I'm not uh, experiencing things that, I don't know, maybe other kids do. <laughs> I have no idea. But certainly it's weird for me. And that sort of is a building block for you each time. And it's a foundation that you have built to the beautiful you right now with all the gifts that you have. And that's fascinating. So when did that spiritual feeling, the spiritual movement within you moved you to uh, be involved with music and discovering your musical talent and gifts? Yeah, that's that's a loaded question, as I always say. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I like I said, um, around the the time of my divorce, I mm-hmm. I started. Um, first of all, I I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you or on the. I I um, when I realized what was happening and this um i had dreams with Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion i had never known mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. and um i um had visions and a lot of uh, synchronicities strange synchronicities and um um i mean there's so many stories um but i actually stopped eating for almost a year and wow. to stay alive yeah uh, to stay alive i just drank um a green powder on the only thing I felt guided to put in my body was green powder on apple juice. I had two glasses. I would put two heaping tablespoons of greens. At mm-hmm. that time, this was in 2003, okay, th- there wasn't much awareness of these green powders, but I was feeling completely guided by spirit. This, mm-hmm. My house, mm-hmm. my life as I knew it was falling apart. I had uh, four kids. Three of them were under five and under, and um, my life was falling apart, you know. Um, and I just couldn't, and the presence of this beautiful entity around me um, was so strong that, you know, I couldn't eat food. Food looked like plastic to me. And I think oh, it's wow. because of the influence of this high vibrational entity like Mm -hmm. um, the goddess of compassion Kuan Yin is I couldn't eat it it went on for almost a year and I was so my weight was so low I think I was 190 I mean what do you call like 90 pounds right 90 Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think in kilos yes um, I was down to 90 pounds at one point and I would get like my annual checkup and the doctor took my blood test and he said what are you doing? Because I've never seen blood like yours. It's like gold. And and I said, well, I I just been drinking this green powder. And he <laughs> said, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And I was super thin, but I was yeah, hyper yeah. healthy. And oh, I, wow. it was almost like I was worried about not being strongest to raise my kids because mm-hmm. I was so devastated mm-hmm. and I couldn't eat. And there was this beautiful, mystical energy around me that I couldn't understand, but was guiding me, I felt, each step, each step of the way. So mm-hmm. here is this 
awareness of, and I was spraying so much. Like I said, when my marriage started breaking down, I started mm-hmm. to pray more. And I yeah. prayed um, this prasi of karitas. Karitas is the name of this prayer. And it's mm-hmm. available if you want to Google it. It's beautiful. And I prayed that with all my heart every morning and night before I took my foot off the ground and before I put my feet on the ground again, I would pray that prayer. And I was very long. And um, and that's when these things started to happen, you know, this presence and this guidance. And um, But this was a prayer, funny enough, to Lord Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. um, a dogma prayer. It's still connected to the structure of the church and all of that. But it's a right. powerful, powerful one. And I always say, I call to, I, I, I pray to the Lord, and the lady came, Lady Kuan Yin, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is a beautiful, a beautiful indication of, um, you know, the energy of the divine masculine. Um, just like for people who are Christians, they know that, you know, when Mary appears in, um, in miracles like Garabondo or Fatima, she always has baby Jesus, and that mm-hmm. Jesus always say, you know, treat my mother as you treat me. You know, we are one. Mm-hmm. We're connected. And I feel like there's been an awakening of consciousness in our historical time. And some people say since the end of the Mayan calendar, which was 2012, there's been an upsurging of consciousness towards recognizing and acknowledging with greater reverence the presence of the divine feminine, which Mm -hmm. most institutionalized religions had laid aside and even had stripped women of the uh, ability or the opportunity to serve as messengers of God, right? And today Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of transformation, but our Catholic Church still has not stepped up to allow um, women to become priests mm-hmm. of the church, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an ongoing mm-hmm. process, and this awareness made me um, an, uh, awaken this burning flame in my heart and my belly to give voice to the divine feminine. There is this beautiful, beautiful passion that grew inside of me where all of this, uh, came from and the music came from and um, so I hope that explains and then you know knowing that I was about to launch I wanted my um, my the muse in me to mm-hmm. to have its own name and I was doing meditation at the time I had done Korea training at self-realization fellowship I had studied, I was a volunteer there for a few years and um, a student and I was doing a lot of meditation, doing my training as well on the spiritual psychology master's program because, you know, I went to UCLA for psychology Then I did Mm -hmm. after my separation, I went to um, USM for a spiritual psychology program and at the same time I was doing Korea training. Um, at Self-Realization Fellowship, you know, Yogananda uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Legacy, Yogananda G's Legacy. Um, so all of this, you know, kind of gave birth to this uh, desire to give voice. And actually, 
my production company, I I had worked on a project that was coming to completion. It was called Peace Link Lives. And I thought to myself, my next project is going to be um, what I want to do instead of coming into um, collaboration with other people. I just want to focus on creating a documentary um, about the divine feminine. And because I had also done a documentary on love, which is Secrets of Love, um, we had a lot of problems licensing music. And during meditation, I got that I was supposed to create the music. And I said to Spirit, I, that, that can't be true. I can't do music. I was not trained for music. I, didn't, I never learned how to sing. How do you understand? And repeatedly, over and over again, as I went into meditation trying to think, how am I going to resolve the problem? Because music, right? Right, you right. film that has no music, it's dead. It's like it has no soul. <laughs> the moving of your, um, you know, feeling, the feeling, right. the flow of the feeling, the soul of the story is embedded in the notes that are flowing mm-hmm. behind, you know, the scenes. It's just, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I thought this mm-hmm. movie has to have really, really beautiful music and it has to be a very special kind of music. And one day I just said, you know what? If I keep getting this in meditation, there has to be, I have to learn to get my head out of the way, get my mind out of the way, my limited mm-hmm. thinking, and just think that if spirit wants me to do it, there must be a reason why. And I just opened my mind slightly, slowly. To mm-hmm. just to feel into the possibility that maybe I could. If I could, let me see how would it be. So it was just a contemplation. I started writing notes down. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Spirit introduced me to the, the person who was supposed to write the music for me mm-hmm. or with me, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had no musical training. And that, mm-hmm. so that's how the music vacation came about. And uh, how my name came about during meditation as well. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, Kaliani. Yeah. That's beautiful. How about us listening to Namu Invocation and then we can continue the conversation afterwards? Sounds wonderful. Okay. Let us do just that. Let's see here.
Oh, it's so powerful. Very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. It really is. And, you know, it's when I hear the music, and again, we have talked about this in 2015, and what's interesting about it, I love it so much, I kept it on my Apple Music <laughs> because it's such a beautiful, powerful song. And uh, it, it's it really moved you when you kind of really sit and just absorb the musical uh, vibrations, for lack of a better term. And that's one of the things that I want to ask you is that, is there a correlation between musical vibration and our personal well-being? Of course. Absolutely. I think we are pure vibration, you know, and science and quantum physics are um, now able to explain how that is, you know, how vibration is is really the essence of matter. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, when you really understand that, um, you understand how important it is to um, mind the quality of your vibration. And I feel through music and your thought forms, your thought patterns, because your thoughts are vibration, because, um, you know, where thought goes, as they say, energy mm-hmm. flows. Or So your thought forms will also affect your state of being because it, it creates an, an, um, a vibratory um, an emotional frequency, let's say, a right, feeling frequency, because right. emotions are vibration. So the thoughts will ignite the vibratory frequency. And then how do you aid um, your frequency if you are going through a difficult time in your life and you can't um, control, let's say, your thoughts, right? You're having negative thought patterns or you yeah. are feeling victimized or um, upset or, you know, you don't understand your your circumstances. Some people feel, you know, God has forgotten me. What's happening? And it's all a test of our faith. And how can we, uh, that's where I feel uh, music is such medicine because if you choose high quality frequency sounds, and I particularly prefer the ones that have no words because when you put words on it, you're going to be taken into a vibrational frequency of your interpretation of those words. And a lot of music with words, you know, unfortunately talk about, and not unfortunate, sometimes we want to hear songs that reflect experiences that we are sharing, like heartbreaks, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, however it is. And we want to know that we're not alone, that, that, you know, that musician has, you know, represented what we're going through. And we feel like, you know, we can handle things better because other people have gone through it. This is one of the things that music brings. But also... If you listen to um, high-frequency music, um, mm-hmm. something that feels good, that's pure vibratory, I would say things like lounge music and Buddha bar and some of these 
that has no um, no word on it. You're going to be yeah. able to raise the vibratory frequency, and you're going to be able to get out of the loop in your mind. And, and until you break the pattern of thinking, mm-hmm. and I think music can aid on that. But of course, when you stop listening to the music, the thought patterns are there. So there's much that you can do as well uh, on the side, like therapy, meditation, and <laughs> and reframing your reality, you know, just yeah, trying yeah. to understand that what happens to you, um, it's through you, and it's for you. It's not, you know, it's not against you. Right. It's fascinating yeah. because you mentioned the word frequency, and that's the beauty of just music alone, and the presentation video that you did in Namu's Invocation was just phenomenal as well. So as you view, like, you know, when you see things, it, that affects you. And then you have this beautiful music that sort of encapsulates you, that changes the dynamics within your very makeup, I guess, for, for like a better term here. And that's the beauty of it. And now you transition spiritually to do a beautiful third music video called One Earth. And this is a beautiful one in the sense that not only the entire presentation is just phenomenal in terms of the video side of the equation, but for the first time, you're adding your voice to it. And I've always believed words have power, and you beautifully did this. So why don't we listen to one earth and then we'll come back and talk about it how's that you mean you mean i added my words to it not yes. voice yes <laughs> yeah yeah i mean your, yes. your, the words you know the, the voice uh, is a vocal melodic vocal uh lyrical presentation now to one Earth. yes mm-hmm. sure let's listen to it okay great and recognition and we're all part of the chat. We're all one as it were. Oh my god, look at that picture over there. Earth coming up. Wow. We. Yeah. 
really beautiful and everyone needs to see the video <laughs> it's very very <laughs> empowering and that's the beauty of this song that really connects and so coming back to our conversation Kalyani what spiritual awakening led you to transition from an operatic Gregorian classical musical style to a full vocal melody lyrical presentation in this beautiful latest release, One Earth? Well, I don't think that required an awakening, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was more um, serendipitous than that. It was just, yeah. you know, um, having, like I said, you know, um, I have I wear a lot of hats, and being a singer is not, my focus, I sing when spirit wants me to sing. And and mm-hmm. I go back to another question you had for me, which was what makes me unique as an artist is that yeah. I don't sing to entertain. I sing to serve spirit and mm-hmm. the message that spirit wants me to give. And it's more like um, I use it as a carrier, as um, a, a vehicle for an important message that spirit's guiding me. And sometimes what, you know, instead of pursuing music, I allow music to pursue me mm-hmm. while I'm busy doing other things. And what happens is this particular story is interesting because um, it came to me um, unannounced and um, I was attending um, a birthday party on Zoom in 2020 because, you know, we were going through that lockdown period and um, yeah, yeah. and this uh, friend of a friend introduced me to this a project called Hands Around the World that Ken Cragen was spearheading um, and Ken Cragen is a very famous uh, producer and agent back in in the old days and he was the one who conceptualized the creation of we are the world with Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and all those incredible singers that created USA for Africa as a foundation and organization, and that still generates funds to help um, Africa. And um, and so um, I felt like the CEO kept saying on every meeting that I was in because I was helping them, you know, with a project at the time. Mm-hmm. And he kept insinuating that I would create a song for it because they had already some songs and some artists who created songs. But particularly the CEO, Neil, was not very happy with it. And he wanted more songs. And he kept saying, and I said, Neil, my song signature is not quite like that. You've heard what I do, right? And he said, but that, you can do it. I'm very intuitive, too. I think you can create something for us. And I thought to myself, you know, first I was a little intimidated, first of all, to create something <laughs> that has um, the flavor of we are the world. This is something yeah. they were thinking of, something that is uplifting and, you know, brings. And I happen to listen to we are the world a lot, USA for Africa. It's one of my uh, playlists 
And at mm-hmm. the time, I was listening to it a lot. I feel like I attracted it out of the ethers because I was listening to that song a lot. Uh, I have three songs that I usually listen to just uplift my spirit in the morning. And I was doing that a lot at that time. And it's very interesting to observe that. And I said, you know, this is a good cause. This is about planet Earth. And, you know, I feel like as a voice, and I feel like I call myself a midwife to the sacred feminine in human conscience. And I feel like the planet is always also viewed, uh, interestingly enough, as uh, Gaia, the goddess Gaia, is as a feminine entity. And I thought to myself, why not? You know, um, this is not my musical signature, but it's such a beautiful cause. And it is about um, healing the earth and helping create awareness around sustainability and sustainable living, right? And cleaning up our mess. So I allowed myself to just, like I said before, allow the possibility of it coming to me. And I, Mm -hmm. through a period of a few weeks, just not sitting down and becoming mechanical about it. But while in gardening, while I was swimming, it was the middle of the summer, and I loved swimming, and I had a pool, so I was swimming and gardening a lot. And we were on lockdown, so I spent a lot of time in nature and and in water, and the song started to come to me, the lyrics and the melody all together without any instrumental, which was very unique. Before, I used to work with a composer, but mm-hmm. both the melody and the lyrics started to download, and I started to write it down, and then I recorded to my phone. <laughs> and wow. that's when it's not until then that we invited musicians to come and um do arrangements, you know, musical mm-hmm, arrangements. Mm-hmm. So it was very fun and very unique uh, and different, you know, from what I do. But in a way, it's it's all about the message, right? So right, just, right. We just are here to, to spread the good news. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's fascinating. How can humanity benefit from listening to One Earth? I think... I think just um, the, I hope that people will get inspired um, by understanding that w- we have done a lot already. There's a lot that's not in the news, like I like to say, but there's a lot of organizations out there doing tremendous amounts of cleanup. I'd like to mention some. There's many, many um, um, uh, forests forestry um, organizations that plant trees, that it's extremely important because of all the devastation we've had with, you know, deforestation. And like One Tree Planted is a phenomenal uh, organization. I really recommend you guys check them out. Just Google it, One Tree Planted. And you're going to be so inspired to see what these people have done. And it's people like you and I who woke up one morning and said, I want things to look different and be different. I want (laughs) to help. This is really triggering me and I'm going to channel this upset and this um, energy into doing good and changing so that I don't have to live with the thought that I'm hopeless and helpless. And there's another company that I really, really love. It's um, it's called The Ocean Cleanup. I really mm-hmm. recommend you check them out. And this young man, 16 years old, was diving, you know, and he he was in Greece, and 
And he said, this is terrible. Can't we clean this up? And he went back home and he he went to high school and he did a project on it. And today he has a huge company. He's in his late 20s now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful story how he's cleaning rivers and the big uh, garbage patch that's in the middle of the Pacific. I mean, he is doing miracles. Um, and it's just one young man who just felt something needs to be done. So mm-hmm. the song is to celebrate our capacity for transformation and for showing up in the world and just organizing ourselves and do, not waiting for it to come from somebody else. It's We're the ones we've been waiting for. That's one of the sentences in the lyrics. And we've unfortunately, unconsciously hurt the planet. We've created a lot of pollution in the air and the oceans. And now how can we come together and clean? Because this is our home. And there's only mm-hmm. one of it. That's the only one we know. And so I hope people feel inspired to know that they matter. Every single choice they make is important, you know, and that there's much being done. And you can hop on the bandwagon and contribute however you see how to contribute. No doubt about that. That's really beautiful. Yes, no doubt about it. Where can someone go to get more information about you? Listen and view the musical video and keep up with your latest happenings. Just my website. It's a good place to start, you know, Kaliani.com, K-A-L-I-Y-A-N-I.com, Kaliani. And, um, yeah, you can also, um, you know, go to uh, Kaliani Music on Instagram or Facebook, Kaliani Sundari. And I always keep up with what's happening there. Um, Yeah. Wonderful. What is next for you? What is next for you, project-wise? Well, that I don't make plans. I just allow <laughs> it to. Yeah, I just allow the invitation to come again. But I have two new tracks that I'm working on. They're actually not new, but mm-hmm. um, I have never released them. It's more in the flavor of the previous ones. Um, we'll see. Maybe something's going to come up. I do want to do more music and focus more on it. So that's the feeling for now. Wonderful. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Yeah, I feel that always move towards what gives you joy. Just move towards what, you know, at any point in life, um, you know, spirit just wants you to be happy. So, Um, If you feel overwhelmed um, with life, uh, try to create a little space every day to do something you love and more and more move towards that. And always know that it's not what you do, but how you do what you do that makes you special in the eyes of spirit, that makes you um, fulfilled, really. It's not um, what you're doing. It's how you're doing why you're doing it so do it for the joy of it and and i think yeah you're probably gonna have a happy life beautiful that's really beautiful kalani thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me i'm from my mama's kitchen talk radio to all our listeners please join me next wednesday morning 
July 12th at 10 a.m. Central Time. My guest will be Karen Pudetti. Karen built a multi-million dollar beauty business from ground up and also has a highly successful clothing line, Bob Badass Clothing, Inc. The clothing line was started to build a foundation for ADHD kits. Karen and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her new book, Rags to Riches. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Kalyani, it has been a pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. You too. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.